0: Every time.
1: A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one.
0: On this week's episode, was there a slip up for Xbox? Is Kimmy Schmidt unbreakable and interested in seeing the Snow Piercer TV show or were you at least going to give it a try? All this and more as we once again delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Welcome
0: to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source, and also Inside Sports Fantasy Football and, of course, the Lakers Fast Break. We want to thank you so much for listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He's our own unbreakable Kimmy of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at PopCultureCosmos.com, his truly awesome podcast, topic Topicocalypse, and of course, his great book, which you can get today on Amazon and also as well, Barnes & Noble, called Congratulations, You Suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson.
2: What's up, man? What's up? What's up? Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there that gave birth to uh, people who came up with pop culture stuff. Thank you very much.
0: I've been called a mother a lot myself, so I don't know if I feel like I should be celebrating it, but I will say as well that everyone out there that is a mom, happy Mother's Day, and hopefully that you had a great one this weekend. We're going to be talking a little bit about Kimmy Schmidt coming to Netflix. Her latest episode is doing something a little bit different this time around for a comedic movie. We'll talk about that coming up here later in the program. Plus, we're going to be talking about the new series coming very soon, Snowpiercer. So we're going to talk about Snowpiercer, the series, and see if it can recapture some of that magic later in the show. Recently, Josh and I, on our Facebook pages, went ahead and did the challenge of 10 days, 10 box arts. Although Josh is actually still going to give you a preview because he's still in the middle of it. But we're in the process of doing a 10 days, 10 box art. So we're going to talk about some of the box arts for some of the video games that have been most important in our lives coming up later in the program as well. But my friend, first on the list, and you as the quintessential Xbox fan, I know you got a chance to see some of the highlights that was going on with the latest Xbox Series X premiere of some video games that are coming out for the Xbox Series X later this year. But there was a little bit of blowback from it. It just wasn't the kind of presentation I think everybody was hoping for. So I want to hear your thoughts first off on the Xbox Series X presentation. Was it everything that you wanted or did you need something more?
2: i did watch this i watched it you know i I tried to watch most of it live as it rolled out but some of it i had to go back and watch later but you know honestly i i don't know what i was expecting i i wasn't disappointed by it i i was excited to see some of these games i don't know what everyone else was expecting i i you know this is again this is unexplored territory like how, how do you do an online games conference i know nintendo has has done well with their uh nintendo directs but those are highly produced things whereas this was kind of them showing trailers then having people talk about these games from the from their living rooms or, ever, or offices or wherever they might be isolated I don't think people have done things like this before so I, I think it's kind of unfair to say that like hey this is a really bad this wasn't what I wanted and, and you know whatever that might be because th- this is this is just they're this is the first time they're doing something like this so You know as for the games i don't know what i expect let let me ask you this like watching these trailers do you feel like the games you know these are being played through i guess like series one x processors or you know whatever it is but do you feel like graphics are getting better do you feel like we've kind of reached the pinnacle because i couldn't really tell the difference between what i see on my xbox today versus what i was seeing in those trailers
0: Well, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you.
2: But first off, actually, this
0: is not one of the first times that they've done this before. I mean, they've now had, what, 20 years or close to it of presentations over the course of the years with the original Xbox, the Xbox 360, the Xbox One, and now the Xbox Series X. They've had plenty of presentations to take care of the stuff.
2: Well, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me like, let me clear up that comment that I'm not saying presentation wise from them giving, you know, like an E3 presentation or something on people presenting something from their living room. Like this is kind of a, this is, they've never done something like that before. Nobody has.
0: Eh, All right. I can give you some of that, but the choice of the games, I mean, there were a lot of great games. Obviously Assassin's Creed Valhalla was the star of the show. And there were several other games that looked really, really good, but it was all cutscenes. And I think that's the problem is because they promised gameplay first and foremost, that they would go ahead in this presentation and show off gameplay for this next generation, because ultimately that's going to be the thing. Will this gameplay be leagues or even a substantial cut above what we're seeing now with the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4? I don't think so from what I'm seeing as of yet. I did not see a substantial leap. In fact, I just saw something that was just right around what I'm seeing already with the high-end games that are now available like Red Dead Redemption 2, Uncharted 4, some of the better looking games on each system. I didn't see it as a substantial leap over those games. And the lighting, the improved ray tracing and all that stuff that they've promoted didn't seem to work out even with these cutscenes, But again, it comes down to the gameplay. And that's what disappoints me most is that there were absolutely zero gameplay in these presentations. And that ultimately will be the decider on whether or not I'm going to buy and spend the money that I have saving up for one of these systems. I didn't see it so far, which is disappointing because the Xbox Series X is rumored to be at least a little bit more powerful than what the PlayStation 5 will be. And not only am I not seeing a a substantial leap over what I'm seeing now with the Xbox One that I have or the PlayStation 4 that I have, I did not get to see any gameplay. So I'm not sold at all on whether or not I should get an Xbox Series X right away or not.
2: Well, a a couple of the videos did have gameplay. I forget what the the shooter was in there, but, I mean, it didn't really blow me away or anything. Other than that, like, I I, this is... They they said that they're going to keep, you know, showing trailers and stuff over the course of the next five to ten weeks or whatever their little campaign is going to be lasting, but I, I honestly, like, I don't know. I didn't even know that this was going to be a thing until you know, a day before, so I didn't really have time to make my expectations really high for it or anything. You know, I'm kinda hoping the, the, the Yakuza thing looks all right. The the uh what's the the medium thing. A lot of some a couple of the games look really weird. The medium one looks looks kinda cool. It Has like a Sherlock's home vibe to it. Is it going to decide whether or not I buy the console? Probably not. You know, I'm 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 set on buying it because I you know I, I love Halo. I wanna play Forza. Like I'm I'm an Xbox person, so I'm gonna buy it regardless. But you know, I don't feel like just from what I'm seeing, I don't feel like graphics have made like a, a a giant leap. But then again, it might be, you know, the monitor I'm watching it on, or it might be like the the TV I was watching it on. It does it's I guess there's a lot of factors in, but I, I mean I almost feel like we've reached a pinnacle in graphics. So I don't I don't know like how much better things can get. At this point, I'm just playing so I can continue on with some of my favorite franchises. But these franchises will also
0: be available for the Xbox One that you currently have. So you might not have to need to spend close to $500. In fact, probably $500 in order to get that. Just to me, it doesn't seem like an investment I'm willing to make at this point in time. Based off of what I saw. I mean, there were some great looking games. Bright Memory Infinite seemed like a fantastic game. And then I heard it's actually being developed by only one person, which is truly outstanding. I don't know if that was gameplay I saw because that was the closest thing to it. I don't know if that was actual gameplay or if that was a cutscene. So everything else that I saw, whether it was Call of the Sea, Chorus, Dirt 5, Madden NFL 21, Scarlet Nexus, Scorn, Second Extinction, The Ascent, The Medium, Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines 2, Yakuza, Like a Dragon. I mean, and then also, like we said earlier, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I I just needed to see actual gameplay. Cutscenes, they're great and all, but they don't impress me anymore. I need to see more and I need to see gameplay because that's ultimately what's going to make my decision on dishing out $500 for a new system.
2: I guess that's true i i just like this is i think we're asking a lot for a from a first conference like they're doing a series of these and they're going to keep doing reveals over the course of the next five to ten weeks so i feel like we are asking a lot to see something that's going to blow away in the first first act you know like i i we haven't seen any halo we haven't seen any forza we haven't seen anything from from square we haven't seen anything from uh we saw Assassin's Creed from Ubisoft. But we haven't seen anything from like Ninja Theory. There's there's a lot that's going to be re- to be revealed and I think that you know pinning such high expectations on a first conference like these are these are third party developers that were showing things off. Like it wasn't this isn't I don't think that this conference is going to be the deciding factor for people on whether or not they're going to buy the Xbox. And yes, they are going to be releasing things still on the Xbox 1, but for how long? You know, I'm Like I said, I'm an Xbox person, so I'm going to buy this console regardless. But I also know that I need it if I want to keep playing Xbox games because it's historically these, uh, you know, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo or whatever, they, they only double print their games for so many months after the release because they want people to upgrade. They want people to buy the new console. So, yeah, I can I can play Halo or whatever on my Xbox one, but I'd much rather play it on a new console. And then when something new comes out and they stop printing things for Xbox One, I'll be set.
0: But first impressions with me and a lot of other gamers is important. And actually in life, first impressions often make, you know, the decisions that we make in life, at least first off. And for me, it wasn't a great first impression at all because again, you and I have been through a lot of E3s. I mean, I've been going to E3s since the 2000s. I mean, I've been going to E3s for a while, CES conferences. I've, I've been watching E3s now for many years as well. So it's, to me, not impressive very much at all anymore when I see a whole bunch of cutscenes, And that's what I know I'm going to get. When I go to E3 and I see all these press conferences and whatnot, I get a whole bunch of cutscenes, and it doesn't impress me. Actual gameplay impresses me the most. I love it when they do those developer walkthroughs when the developers come onto the stage and they go ahead and they give you a little bit of a walkthrough of a level from the game and whatnot. Those impress me more. Those moments in time impress me more, much more than what I see out of cutscenes because, again, these cutscenes now to gamers are pretty much old hat. We're pretty much tired of seeing over and over and over again yay, you've got a cutscene, yay, you've got a cutscene, or even footage that you will never actually find in the actual game. I mean, a lot of these cutscenes are just sometimes thinly veiled commercials, and unfortunately, you won't be able to go ahead and actually see what it's like to play the game right off the bat. And that, to me, is kind of disappointing because of the fact that, again, you're trying to sell your nearly, or probably will be, $500 Xbox Series X. And to make that kind of investment these days in the middle of a pandemic, when unemployment is so high and the money that's available is not as much as it was this time last year that to me is kind of disappointing you need to make a good first impression and i'm not sure xbox series x did it this time around
1: thanks for checking out the pcc you know the pop culture cosmos we'll be back in one moment
0: needing an edge for your fantasy football team Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet.
2: So let's look at this. Sony has done the same exact thing historically, you know. And we're comparing this to E three. This is not E three, you know. And Sony comes out the gate also just showing cinematics all the time. So I mean, I think that. I know for a fact we're going to get gameplay reveals over the course of the next 10 weeks. I don't know what Sony's plan is for the PS5, but like, let's, let's hold, I'm going to hold off my judgment until, you know, at least three or four more of these little, little video things. So, I mean, that's where I'm standing. I'm not going to bash it right away. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hold that. We'll talk about this again in a few weeks, but for right now, I'm just I'm going to silently disagree.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not going to silently disagree. I thought it was a very great misstep, especially if you want to go ahead and press gamers and give them a reason to go ahead and jump up to the next generation of consoles. I'm going to be honest with you, Josh. I was leaning before that presentation on getting an Xbox Series X because I was not impressed with what PlayStation 5 was doing so far. PlayStation 5 was impressive to me on the previous generation because right off the bat they were making all the right moves that xbox one was not they were going ahead and have the presentation that you were you could share your games and whatnot that really just blew everything out of the water for playstation 4 and really got them started and you're right they these presentations for the most part don't always show enough gameplay i mean at these e3 presentations that that you said we don't want to say it's comparative to, but unfortunately you do have to compare it to, they also show a lot of cutscenes there as well, gameplay, that's what we want to see. want to see why I should make a $500 investment into this new system. You're right, eventually they'll stop making games that'll cross over between both platforms, but that's not going to be for the foreseeable future until, it's not going to be just months, I think it's going to be at least a year, two years, maybe even longer when the price of the system comes down And for many, that will probably be the time when they go ahead and get it is not this holiday, but probably the next holiday or the next holiday after. That's when you see the real growth of the units that are out there, especially if it comes down in price. But again, for me making initial buy, which I was really set on doing, in fact, I was trying to go ahead and save some money to corner for an Xbox Series X. I'm now very hesitant in doing because I did not see any gameplay. But you're right. There will be more presentations this summer and later this year for Xbox Series X. So that gives them an opportunity to win over gamers like me one more time that are now back on the fence because of what happened in this last presentation last week.
2: Well, let me ask you a question here. Were you pinning whether or not you're going to buy this on third party reveals? like a like the a 30-minute game conference with third-party reveals, that's what you're pinning, whether or not you're going to buy the Xbox on? I'm not saying pinning on it, but it
0: would greatly influence that decision. It would make me excited for it because right now I'm not excited for the next generation as, say, I was a few years ago back in 2014, I believe, when the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One came around. I mean, PlayStation 4 had that that E3 conference that just blew me away, and then Xbox One later on, once I saw the gameplay from Xbox One and PlayStation 4, I bought a PlayStation 4 right off the bat. I didn't buy an Xbox One right, right off the bat. But once I started seeing gameplay of some of the games, I actually got interested in buying an Xbox One as well. So To me, it would have weighed heavily in the favor of doing so. I'm Now I'm holding my bets because you're right. Right now, I don't see a substantial leap from going from one system. To another,
2: okay. I mean, I I I agree. I'm not excited about the next gen either. I I would rather not go spend, you know, four or five hundred dollars on a new console. Uh, I, I honestly like I'm I've repeatedly not been excited like when the when the Xbox I was excited when the Xbox 360 came out, but I mean I I haven't I wasn't excited about the Xbox One, wasn't excited about the PS4. Like these were just things that I felt obligated to buy as a gamer. So you know, right now. I do have plans to buy the Xbox. I don't necessarily want to go out and drop that money, but I mean, I'm really hoping that yes, in the coming weeks, I will see something that will really make me feel good about going out and spending four or five hundred dollars. But I mean, I'm not like I'm not expecting to be like blown away by something that a third party developer created. You know, once they show me like a Halo or a Gears of War or Forza, I want to see a new franchise, I want to see something like a new. IP, a new like triple A game, a new IP, something that's just gonna like blow my mind and get me so excited about like the potential for storytelling that video games have that has not been fulfilled in a very, very long time. So I'm really hoping for something like that. And who knows, maybe Sony's gonna be the one to deliver that. But I mean, I just like, I I know in the coming weeks, we'll see something that's going to be just breathtaking. And I don't, I you know, I'm not expecting that from a third party developer, but I'm not going to like hinge my purchase decisions on, you know, something that's just, that's, this is a buildup. And I know that, so I'm not going to like say, I'm not going to buy this Xbox just because I didn't like, you know, such and such. I'm like really hoping for something more soon. So I'm kind of trying to reserve judgment.
0: Well, I'm not saying that I'm not going to buy an Xbox Series X. I'm just saying, as of right now, after the presentation, I'm not going to buy one right away. I'm not going to go out on midnight whenever it comes later this year and go ahead and buy one because of the lack of gameplay that I didn't see at this presentation. Now, mind you, we will be seeing gameplay of a lot of these games as it gets closer and closer and closer, Maybe that will change my mind, but as of right now, I'm not going to go ahead and think to myself, hey, I got to go ahead and buy this day one. Before that, I was on the fringe on the edge, but right now it's taking me off that edge and in the wrong direction, which is not supposed to happen if you're an excited gamer, especially for a new platform, a new console generation that's supposed to be there, which I think both you and I are believing at this point in time is not a huge leap.
2: Yeah, but I mean, again, that's we're. It's not. It's these are third-party developers. Not to say that they don't have a certain standard that they should stick to, but I mean, there's not power to make games as good as a, a first-party developer. These are kind of like the indie game. I'm not indie games, but you know, these are our smaller games. So I mean, I, I'm not. I wasn't expecting to be like blown away, but at the same time, yeah, it does kind of worry me that we're paying. Some you know so much money for another xbox one or another ps4 just slightly more powerful
0: assassin's creed is not an indie game my friend assassin's creed valhalla was supposed to show gameplay at this presentation and didn't and that's a big huge game and third party games often are better rated more highly thought of than the first party counterparts i mean There's a Last of Us, there's an Uncharted for PlayStation that does really well, that's held in high esteem. And then for Xbox, Gears of War, and Forza, and Halo, they're all held in high esteem. But it's the third-party software that often pushes the limits of these systems, but also pushes the sales for these systems as well
2: yeah I, I get that but i mean you know you go to we we keep talking about e3 you go to e3 what do you see you see these these the triple a titles you see the uncharted you see the gears you see the halos you see the the final fantasies like no one ever no no one ever watched a trailer for ori in the blind forest and said you know what that's going to be the one that's going to get me to buy the xbox one or no one ever saw it watched a trailer for uh you know dreams and and was like you know what i'm gonna buy a ps4 because dreams looks awesome these are are games that people who had these consoles already are like you know I'll, I'll check them out and that that was what you know they fell in love with the game and and so on and so forth but it's not i don't think that those those games have ever been the deciding factor like i loved hellblade senwa sacrifice like you know i've talked about that a lot i've uh, the ps4 like i my ps4 collected dust until i played hellblade and that's what made me want to play more ps4 games but it wasn't i didn't see the trailer for hellblade and wanted to be and went out and was like okay i'm gonna buy a ps4 just so i can play hellblade i don't think that those third-party games are really big deciders for people who are going to be buying consoles one of the other things that
0: they were talking about which could be a distinct advantage over the playstation 5 that comes out because Sony hasn't mentioned it yet, whether or not they're going to follow that type of system, is the smart delivery. So I'm going to give Xbox credit on this before we finish our conversation for today. And by the way, when you said Dreams, it was kind of funny because I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is a game that was promised, I think, at the beginning of the console generation and only came out at the very end. And I think that should have been saved for PlayStation 5. But the smart delivery system, That was what was promised something that was going to be one of the features that Xbox Series X would have. And if that holds true, I want to go ahead and tell everybody out there this might be the deciding factor between the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 in that there's going to be a ton of games that you can buy now on your current generation and will be able to be carried over into the new generation with a new gen version of it given to you at no additional charge, or maybe in some cases, a very small additional charge. But the smart delivery system seems to be something a lot of people are interested in. They showed it off very well. And for that, I I appreciate, and it looks like it's something that it's going to be a kind of a seller for a lot of these systems, at least for the Xbox Series X. I don't know if PlayStation 5 will have such a similar system, But if it doesn't, it's going to lose out in the long run in this next console generation.
2: You know what I think is the biggest Achilles heel of new consoles is that they are meant to be these powerhouses, right? And like I'm having this issue right now where I can't play my older consoles on newer TVs. Like they don't, they make these adapters, right? Like I've been trying to play... Nintendo 64 on my you know 70-inch LG smart TV, and I can't do it because the TVs have become so damn smart that they will not down-convert signals anymore. And everyone always says, oh, hey, we bought these converter boxes, and you can use this HDMI cable. And those don't matter. It's just it's the fact that as TVs get better, these consoles are unable to adapt. And I think that's a big flaw because who knows, five years from now, maybe we'll have titanium plated hdmi cables and we won't be able to run the xbox one like this is a a big flaw like if they want gaming that will truly last i think they need to do something where like you can play your older consoles on newer tvs like they need something though the technology changes they need to be able to like i don't know make it so you can go back and play these i don't know if i'm the only one who's ever had that problem but like i just i i feel like consoles They need to make it so it can adapt to newer technologies. Like, I don't know how they would do that. Maybe I'm just talking out of my backside, but I don't know. If I could ask for anything out of a newer console, I would ask for the ability to still be able to play it 20 years from now. And that's what the Xbox Series X does
0: have in its back pocket, is that they've said from the get-go, and I'm hoping this will still be the case, that you can play all of your Xbox games, even way back to the original Xbox on the xbox series x now i don't know if they're going to hold with that backwards compatibility because you saw what a nightmare it was on previous console generations trying to write the code and trying to go ahead and and manipulate it so you it can't play on a newer generation and i remember xbox was releasing like two or three a week and finally it released so many of the original xbox and xbox 360 games and it was able to go ahead and and play a lot of those games but Xbox has said for the Xbox Series X that it will be backwards compatible fully down to the Xbox. I don't think Sony's going to do the same. So that will be an advantage for Xbox as we go forward that I'm interested in and that if they push and if they make it a reality would get me back on the fence and not only on the fence, but actually would get me back over the fence and into buying an Xbox Series X. If I know it's actually very clean as far as, let's say, running an original Xbox game, like I'm going to be talking about here later in the show, popping it into an Xbox Series X. And now, mind you, I don't expect an HD upgrade or anything like that. I just expect to be able to play that original Xbox game from 15, 17 years ago into an Xbox Series X if what they say holds true.
2: Well, let's hope even on the Xbox One, like there's a lot of Xbox 360 and original Xbox games you can't play. There are some you can play. Like there's a there's a running list. But if you were to go to like Retro City Games or Game Exchange or whatever your local jam is, like you and you see like a little gem hidden in there, a little three or four dollar gem, you're like, oh, there's a game I want to play, but I just didn't want to pay sixty dollars for it. But at three dollars, I'm more inclined to pay that. And then you bring it home, try to put it on your Xbox it doesn't always work. Granted, Sony doesn't do that for anything. So, I mean, you're kind of, Xbox is already winning the the race there, but Xbox, it would be nice if you could play your entire catalog. You know, you don't have to go onto the Xbox Live Marketplace, repay for a game that you already have a physical copy of. Like that would be, I would love to just have everything backwards compatible. That would be the ultimate gift to gamers.
0: It's going to be a cat and mouse game that we're seeing right now from PlayStation to Xbox. Xbox Series X, after getting off to a good start with the announcement of the specs and what's coming up and all that type of deal, it looked like it had a great advantage, but it kind of took a step back after the presentation because the graphics of next-gen really aren't that next-gen for us as of yet, plus also not seeing a whole bunch of gameplay and questions still abound about the system itself, leave many of us, like myself, in question on whether or not we're going to get it. Sooner rather than later. What are your thoughts out there on what's going on with the Xbox Series X and its presentation last week? Did it meet your standards? Did it do everything you wanted it to do? Or did you want to see a lot more from the Xbox Series X? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, it's the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix coming up later this month. And we're going to let you know why it's important to television coming up right after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Coming soon from Rob McCallum Films, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get? How will he get it? And how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films.
0: And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford along with Josh Peterson coming right back at you here. If you get a chance and you like what we do, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and able to leave a kind review. If you do so, it does not go unnoticed nor unappreciated by us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Also, if you get a chance, please like our shows, subscribe, And also share it with a friend that they really like, let's say geek culture. I will say geek culture, pop culture, movies, television, video games, the whole nine yards that we go into here on a regular basis here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you have people in your life that really like that kind of stuff, let them know about our show. We'd be truly grateful if you did. But my friend, I want to talk to you about coming up later this month in May is a show from Netflix. Shock of shocks was one of the many things that that's coming out for Netflix, including Space Force, like we talked about on the PCC Multiverse, and that is the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Kimmy versus a Reverend. The thing with this Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Kimmy versus a Reverend, is that this is a choose-your-own movie adventure, similar to what we saw with the Black Mirror episode about what the at the end of 2018, if I'm not mistaken. The Black Mirror Bandersnatch, where you choose your own adventure and you make decisions. They'll leave it up to you to go ahead. They'll stop in the middle of a, you know, just before they go ahead and do an action. You'll get to choose should I do this or should I do that? Should I go here or should I go there? Should I stay or should I do this? You know, it's going to give you these options during the course of the movie, which can lead to several different routes, which we saw from Black Mirror Bandersnatch. So I ask you, Josh. It's been a while since this technology has been used really to any effect since Black Mirror. It's been almost a year to my knowledge. I think maybe one other show tried to do it or one other movie. But this is something that Netflix now may be going to in the future more often. Is this something that interests you in a show that maybe didn't interest you before? Or is it something that's just going to be, hey, you know what? I can miss it. This is not really a big deal because I think it's going to make it a lot. It's going to make a show that's a comedy a comedy even more fun
2: i have a couple of thoughts about it like uh, so my, my first thought here is yeah it, it would be cool just because it's it's a different genre you know it's not something serious You're with a character like kimmy schmidt you're more invested in it because you have a history with the show you have a history with this character uh, black mirror is a series of separate stories so you don't really like it. you don't really care what happens to the character your choices are just like Ooh, what can I do to make the show last longer? What can I do? Like, I'm just curious. I have this morbid curiosity of what happens if I walk path A versus path B. With Kimmy Schmidt, I feel like people will be more invested. It's kind of like a second life type thing where you're, you know, you can talk to this person or you can talk to this person, but I really want to see Kimmy succeed. So I'm gonna try to pick the path that I think is best for her. So that's kind of a cool note. And I think that will appeal to a lot of people, you know. If, as for my personal opinion on it. I don't you know, I I think it's cool. I think it's a cool novelty. I might watch it. But here's my thing, you know, much like the Nintendo Wii, I, you know, I I like to game, but I don't like to move when I'm gaming. I like to watch shows, but I don't have I don't like to have to think or make decisions while I'm watching shows. I want them to be made for me because that's why I watch them. (laughs) I mean, what what are your thoughts, though? Are you excited about this? I actually am. i am just,
0: well, first of all, I'm actually picturing you like a couch potato, just go ahead and just diving and being enveloped by the sofa. As you watch a movie, it's kind of funny, right? Oh,
2: yes. Yes. You know, on the, uh, once every, every five years I get to do that. Yes, exactly.
0: Once every five years, you get to do that indeed. But I will say that to me, it makes it more interesting. Now, Let's put it this way in context. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, if you've not seen it, is a multi Emmy award winning show. It's a very highly thought of show by the critics. Uh, a lot of people do love it out there. It's been around for a few seasons now. And it's something that I think a lot of people, if you've not gone out of your way to see it, you should see it. I mean, if you, you like 30 Rock, you like some of those type of shows that you've seen before, Tina style, because actually she helped develop this show and helped create it. I think you should go ahead and embrace it because there's a lot of great talent on it. And in fact, Daniel Radcliffe is going to be part of this showing for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt versus the reference. So I'm more interested in actually watching show. I've watched episodes before of the show and always been entertained, but I think I'm going to be now more invested into it if I go ahead and make decisions on it, but it shouldn't become an every episode thing. I think every now and then it should be like a novelty. I'd like to see it used more often, but not to the point where it becomes old hat. Like, like for instance, maybe just one episode a season for Kimi Schmidt or for any other television series, maybe just once, once every 22 episodes or whatever, many episodes that, that your show has, I'd like to see them do this once where you choose your own adventure and choose your own path. I know it means a lot more footage. You have to go ahead and film, I know it means a lot more decisions you have to make as far as production staff or production crew writing, directing the whole nine yards. But you know what, Josh, every now and then it breaks up the monotony of just, okay, I got to binge this season of show X. To me, I think that something that would break up the monotony of that and would provide something interesting if it's done once in every while type of manner.
2: Yeah, I mean I agree with that. It's not something I'd want to have, you know, on every show. So I hope people like it, but I hope it's not like crazy successful because I don't want to sit there and, and watch like Stranger Things and have to decide, you know, is Hopper gonna go to Russia or is he gonna go to this theme park? I don't wanna have to make those decisions. <laughs> that that's uh that sounds not relaxing to me. Is he gonna be eaten by the demogorgon?
0: You decide.
2: You decide. Or plot twist, you can be the Demi Gorgon and then you have to decide who you're going to eat.
0: That would actually be kind of fun, but then that should be a video game instead. That would be really good.
2: Like a VR game. It would be a cool VR game, I think.
0: Something like that, yes. Well, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt versus the Reverend. It's coming out later this month on Netflix. I hope you get a chance to catch it. We're kind of interested in it. I'm more than Josh, but again, this is something I don't want to see with every show. In fact, I don't want to see a series that uses this choose-your-own-type adventure as the foundation of it. I think eventually, if this becomes popular, you might see someone do that. Uh, I'm not sure that exactly would be the best scenario, but I do want to see it out of some type of series. doesn't matter what genre, doesn't matter what background. Just every now and then, like I said, once a season or something like that, just have that type of explorable type content that the viewer can go ahead and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch to try and get a different outcome. And I think that's what it's all about is getting a show that you can go ahead and rewatch every time and have a different adventure each and every time. So to me, I think would be a great thing to have at least once every season from, from selected shows. I don't want to see it too much because I'll probably get tired of it like you, Josh. I'll probably get tired of it quite quickly. I want to go ahead and relax when I watch on the TV too. But every now and then I want to go ahead and stimulate myself when I watch TV. So I'm hoping that Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt versus Reverend, which has gotten high reviews already in advanced screenings, is going to be something that a lot of people will enjoy. We'll have to wait and see, but I'm excited for it. And I'm hoping this type of, way of storytelling won't become something that we won't see for another year year and a half hopefully we'll see it every now and then pop up as something to provide interest to viewers out there like you and me what are your thoughts out there on the unbreakable kimmy schmidt versus the reverend and its style of storytelling similar to what we saw in black mirror bandersnatch where it's a choose your own type adventure share us your thoughts pop at yahoo.com Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanic Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well.
1: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: Well, my friend, I wanted to ask you real quick, Snowpiercer, I know you saw the movie like I did. What were your thoughts on the movie with Chris Evans and Tilda Swinton?
2: Uh, It was good. I I enjoyed it. It kind of, you know, it had a, a dystopian feel to it. And like, I'm always up for watching those types of things. And it was really one of those what really drew me not drew me into it but like made me want to keep watching is the fact that like this is interesting how do so many people live on a train you know what is what does that look like the upper class what what do they look like i like i love the idea of things being broken up into the class system but most of all you know i love this whole uh you know seeming class war that's happening on a train like that's a very interesting concept i enjoyed the movie it 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 didn't provide me with like the the closure I wanted, but I mean, I guess that's typical of a dystopian film, but I enjoyed it. It's something I don't know if I'd go back and watch a TV show of it. I don't have that that much time. I didn't like it that much to dive into that world for extended periods of time, but it was a good flick. What were your thoughts on it? I really liked it. I thought until
0: I saw Knives Out that it was the best non-Marvel Chris Evans performance that he's ever had
2: knives out was a great movie i just watched that a couple of weeks ago it's a really really good movie it's not something i'd watch over and over again but it was a really well done film
0: and to me it was one of the best films of last year but until then chris evans career outside of the marvel cinematic universe i mean he had some stuff with the fantastic fours and the La- and the losers and some other stuff that he was doing even when when he was a teenager that is out there but really never impressed me it didn't get to the point where he did something like this that was really totally out of the box because it was a smaller production and it was something that was totally unexpected by me that i would like it and enjoy it and i didn't think that he would have the acting chops to pull something like that off and you know what he did it was very good movie i enjoyed it thoroughly And I was surprised to see a couple years ago when the first talk happened around a Snowpiercer TV show that was being developed. I was saying, hmm, I might be on board with this. And later this week, it's going to be appearing finally after delays and things of that nature. Later this week, it's going to be Snowpiercer the series. Now, obviously, it's not going to star Chris Evans. He's moved on, you know, obviously doing the Marvel thing that he's now retired from, quote unquote, supposedly, did Knives Out, which was a big success and was a fantastic movie, and a movie I think that has now replaced No Piercer as the best non-Marvel Chris Evans movie that I've seen as well. But I think this is something that is going to be, uh, you know, it's going to go into that world a little bit more about the different sections of the train, and also hopefully it will go into the more of the backstory about. How they got into this situation in the first place with all the, you know, the atomic wars or or why they had to go ahead and you know, where the world became so cold and why there is the need to have just one train going or zipping around the world and just keep moving and keep moving. I wanted to know more about that because that's the part, unfortunately, within the framework of a film, you really don't get explained all that well. I mean, they they did gloss over it. And then also the different class structures in the different cars on the train. That to me is something I would like to know more about as well. And with the series, you can find out more, much more about that in detail. And I'm hoping they'll delve into that outside of just the dynamic between the Chris Evans character and the Tilda Swinton character who are being replaced by all new characters. So I want to ask your thoughts on this, my friend. You said you were not interested in seeing the Snowpiercer TV show, or were you at least going to give it a try?
2: I'll watch an episode or two just to see if it hooks me. But if it's if it doesn't, it's not going to be one of those shows that just because I like the movie, I'm going to drag myself through a series of it. Like I I could watch the first Snowpiercer and be fine with nothing else. Well, it's so funny
0: because it's gonna have another Marvel alum in it in Jennifer Connolly. She's gonna be playing the Tilda Swinton character. And then David Diggs, he's going to be playing the role of Andre Layton, who's going to be the Chris Evans character as far as the hero in the TV series. So it's going to be interesting to see their dynamic, which obviously has to be the key to the series, but going into more of that world, going into more of why it happened, how it happened, and also the situation that they're now in. I want to see more of that develop and it, I think that will be the key on if Snowpiercer, the TV series is ultimately going to be a success or not. And to see if they can extend it to even more seasons. So, and also that it's appearing on TBS, which new series are really not that familiar with on TBS. TBS usually plays a lot of other stuff. So I'm excited to see how TBS is going to parlay a new series like this that's been given to them. And the fact that they didn't put this on TNT instead kind of uh, makes it very interesting. So I want to see how that works out. But one last question to ask you on Snowpiercer before we head on to other topics is, okay, do you ultimately think Snowpiercer is a big enough property to garner enough interest and garner enough success that will be something people want to watch right off the bat?
2: Uh, I I don't know. It it depends on how it's advertised, I guess, just because Snowpiercer... I don't know if it's still on Netflix. It's one of those movies, like, say, if it were at Blockbuster, it you'd see it on a new release shelf, but it wouldn't have a whole wall. It would have maybe three or four copies, and then you would kind of walk by it a few times, and then maybe on that fourth or fifth time, the Blockbuster, you'd be like, okay, well, this caught my eye plenty of times. Maybe I'll check it out. That's what Snowpiercer was to me. I don't know what it was to other people. And it also depends on, like, what the quality is. Is it going to look like a show? Will it look like the movie? There's a lot of factors involved. Again, Snowpiercer, it's something that it took me a long time to want to watch it. So it's not something I'm like super stoked about. So that is Snowpiercer, the TV series. It is coming to TNT later this
0: week on the 17th. So if you're interested from the movie standpoint, if you gained any appreciation for the film, because I thought it was a a really good movie. I mean, it was something that I think a lot of people really got into. Later on, it picked up a lot of steam as a cult classic because it was a smaller film at the box office, but it really gained a lot of notoriety and interest when it went to DVD, Blu-ray, home video, and the like, so much so that it garnered this TV series that's going to be made and patterned after it. So if you get a chance, at least give it a shot. It's coming out later this week on the 17th, and that is Snowpiercer coming to TNT, and we're looking forward to at least giving it a shot on Snowpiercer the series we'd love to hear your thoughts on snow piercer the tv series pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com
1: hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast if you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games we can help Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games.
0: Well, my friend, before we head on out, we got to talk about something that you and I were challenged to do. Actually, I challenged you, but I was challenged by Rob McCall. Column, and that was box art 10 days of box art of video games that have shaped our lives in some form or fashion and shaped the way we are as gamers so i want to hear your thoughts first on the 10 box arts now these are not that your 10 favorite games per se because my list is not exactly it, it's almost my 10 favorite games and in fact many of these games are my favorite games of all time but it's not 100 the 10 favorite games that you have in your library? These are just the box arts that you showed on your your social media of the 10 games that most influenced your life as a gamer.
2: Okay, so I will start with my number 10 which is posted on my Facebook page here. Armed and Dangerous. This was the first time that I played a game that was made by Lucas Arts that was not Star Wars and it's also the first time I realized games could be funny. You know, Games didn't have to be serious. They didn't have to be just kids games like they could be funny for adults too and they could have action and comedy like my idea of a video game was was stuck in a box until i played armed and dangerous number nine i got legend of lagaya you know that was one that was kind of a good like after i played final fantasy 7 i it left a hole in my heart right like i needed there was no other i need a new fantasy game i need a new role-playing game to play and you know, I, I tried a couple, wasn't really happy with what I played, but Legend of the Gaia really kind of filled that that gap for me. I remember I bought the game, then I traded it in because I was dumb, and then I ended up having to pay, you know, forty dollars to get it a couple weeks ago. So Legend of the Gaia is my number nine. Sonic two is at number eight. Sonic two is actually the first game that's not on a handheld that I ever played. I remember going over to my neighbor's house playing Sonic Two, doing the the multiplayer, the two-player mode where you race on the little half pipe looking things or you go through the emerald hill zone or the casino zone which was crazy hard that's number eight number seven i got halo who doesn't love halo halo was the first non-role-playing game that really immersed me into the story and made me interested in in an entire universe so much that i went out and bought not bought but i mean i i read all the novels and i bought all the magazines like i was really enveloped in that world Streets of Rage, I remember playing, you know, being a kid, having friends over, playing the, the two-player mode on this. Like, it, it was just this arcade-style brawler. Lots of fun. I do plan on getting Streets of Rage 4. But Streets of Rage, classic franchise, classic Sega game. You know, I love that it it still, like, holds up today. and People are still wanting to play them. You go to like, the uh, adult arcades, like, where they have bars and stuff, and there's always Streets of Rage arcade machines there. And I love that Bomberman 64. This is a, a game like this got me interested in Bomberman. I don't know. It's just a fun game, light tone game, easy to play. It, just all, all kind of a good time Forza some motorsports too, like this was outside of Gran Turismo. This was like the, the one of the racing games that kind of like got me into racing games. I remember like spending hours on this game with my brother and big dog and Brian Kane. And like we'd create these custom paint jobs and we'd had like give we buy cars, paint them with the most ridiculous, sometimes like not very appropriate things. We gift them to each other, and we play these games where it's like cat and mouse. And you had to drive the car the person gave you, and uh, like so, cat and mouse is where you have someone in a really slow car and then someone in a really fast car, and the the point you have to get your really slow car to cross the finish line before the other person's, and you kind of like crash people. Star Wars, Shadows of the Empire. And that's when I spend a lot of time on playing Nintendo 64 as a kid. Uh, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim is my number two pick. I love games that kind of fully immerse me into the world. Last but not least, Final Fantasy VII, because that is kind of the game that defined my uh, interest in games. You know, it's just it's a wonderful game. I'm playing the remake right now. Tell me what yours are. For me, it starts off with Pong. Pong is something that I was first
0: given to as a very young kid, and I, my sister and I just love the heck out of it. And really, just that got started for so many people out there at that time into the world of video games. And then it evolved obviously into the arcade games, and then we got into Atari 2600, and you know, the rest is history. So, a Pong is for many people that are my age, or maybe even a little bit older one of the places that they would tell you what started their love for gaming. Also for me, the Uncharteds have been a great influence in my life as far as the enjoyment I've had from a narration standpoint. I really saw where storytelling could go within a video game medium with the Uncharteds. The Uncharted one, while it's not the most pleasant of games when it concerns gameplay and things of that nature... From a narrative standpoint, it was truly outstanding. I loved the story. For the first time, I really felt maybe Halo, maybe a couple other games like that before then, but this was pretty much the first time for me that I was really invested into a story to the point where I felt like I was within an action thriller that I could relate to. I mean, I played Halo and just had so much fun with that game and obviously some others over the years. But it wasn't until Uncharted Drake's Fortune, which I could really just invest myself into the game and felt like I could go ahead and be like Nathan Drake and have that kind of adventure. And then Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 3 for me are two of the best games that I've ever played on any system anywhere. So that to me was the Uncharted. It's just so so very much of an influence on my life and also Mass Effect 1 and 2 from a story building standpoint, again, it's it's not necessary about the gameplay because the gameplay, similar to what I saw in Uncharted, Drake's Fortune, wasn't the greatest, but the narrative, the storytelling, the choices that you can make, the expansive universe that that was Mass Effect, the compelling story that you had to save the galaxy, that to me was really really fun and and just it's so much a part of what helped me realized that video games could be art and tell so much of a great story. I was just so intrigued by it that I'm hoping to see more from the Mass Effect universe, even to this day. I mean, you see the stuff in my studio, you see that here as far as from Mass Effect and Uncharted on narratives. You see that artwork here and all that. You know why I love the game so much. And that's why it's influenced me so much as a gamer. Doom, I've talked about this before on the show. I think that goes back to the, my time at special effects when I was going ahead and and having land parties with fellow crew members in Hollywood while I was working for a special effects company and just so much in the way of great times about how a multiplayer game could bring so many people together. I mean, the same could be said about Halo 2. Halo 2's multiplayer was so groundbreaking. The matchmaking system was unlike anything we had really seen up until that point in time. And Halo 2 and all the variations that they were throwing out at us and game variants and game maps they were throwing out at that point in time it had me hooked every night for over two years and i cannot say enough good things about the halo 2 multiplayer also 13 on xbox another great narrative you have amnesia you didn't know if you killed the president or not so you're trying to go ahead and and unwind the story from a first-person narrative, the cell shading was a different look for this game. So it was a great influence on my life and how narratives could really dictate how a video game could be played. And then Gears of War is also a big influence on my life because of the fact that when I was running the video game stores, to me, it was something as a team-building experience with my crew after, you know, because always we would talk to the store, hey, you're going to be online tonight? You're going to play some Gears tonight? You're going to play some Gears to me, that was just such a wonderful experience when I went online and I heard all my staff there and ready to play. And we would play to all hours of the night in some Gears of War because the multiplayer was just so fun to play. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. And, and I will always remember that as good times as part of uh, you know me being a part of that team building experience. So those are some great game memories that we have from the box hours that we've been showing off. Here's a challenge to everyone out there. Go ahead on your Facebook or Instagram, TikTok or wherever social media that you use and show off 10 box arts from 10 video games that you love that has been most important in your life. And then go ahead and challenge on each of those 10 days someone new that so they can go ahead and share the love for video games as well. We offer that challenge to you and we hope you take it upon yourself to do it. And if you do, let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. Coming up next on the Friday episode of the PCC Multiverse, I'm hoping to have on Marcus De La Garza, who's going to be talking about NASCAR coming back online again for next weekend. They're coming back for real racing. So we're going to talk about that. And also as well, how the series on iRacing went over to the general public we're going to talk about that also got some more great stuff coming up including our countdown list starts for the top 100 movies that you chose out there so this is going to be the top 100 movies we're going to start off with numbers 90 through 100 on our top
2: 100 movie list you excited josh Oh yeah, excited to see some of these picks, see uh you know what my thoughts are on them, see what I didn't expect to make the list. I am really excited.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about it as well. Uh, there's some movies out there once you take a look at the entire list because you and only you and I, only you and I right now have the entire list. There's going to be some movies that are going to surprise you, rest assured, there will be. But my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for joining me. And again, if out there, if you get a chance, please give us that five star review on Apple Podcasts or any questions, please hit us up at Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, last thing, hope everyone had a happy Mother's Day this past weekend. Also, as well, please stay safe, stay healthy, and keep listening to us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Josh Peterson, This is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.
1: We are the Cigar Nerds Podcast. Do you like cigars? Great! We've reviewed
2: cigars while talking about movies, TV shows, science, and pop culture news.
1: What? You don't like cigars? Great! Because we also talk about science, movies, TV shows, and whatever's going on in the news. It's what we do. We smoke cigars, and we know things.
2: Find us on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also on the ESO Network.